The beefiest of sticks! The sticks that are beefy. Yes. Not venison, or pork, or turkey. All beef. Yes, but I do like pork bacon. I ain't even finna lie about that. Oh yeah, pork bacon. Fuck yeah. You gotta add that there, man. I don't think I've ever had beef bacon. I've had, uh, I've had buffalo bacon, and it's very not good. It's way not fatty enough. Um, it comes across as, like, really thin. Well, buffalo itself is usually fairly dry, is it? Yeah, yeah, it's fairly dry and lean, so the the bacon just, it, uh... Actually, you know what, it, 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 it was more akin to, um, turkey bacon that they have, to be honest. Where it just wasn't very fatty or, um... Flavorful. Yeah, or juicy. Yeah, yeah, really. Um, and I love, don't get me wrong, I love me some buffalo steaks, buffalo burgers. I'm, I'm big on, on buffalo meat, but man, it, they were, buffaloes just weren't made for bacon. They just, they just weren't. I don't think any creature was made for bacon other than the almighty pig himself. Oh, venison bacon's good, but it also suffers from those same downsides. It's like. See, I mean, good, good and great are two different things. Even the worst, like, pork bacon I've had is, is at least very good. Like, I don't think I've ever had, other than maybe somebody purposely burning it or something, I mean, other than how somebody prepared it, I've never had bacon and been like, this is horrible bacon, I can't eat it. So I was like, eh, I've had better bacon, but this is pretty good. BK <laughs> has the best bacon. Just saying. Oh, yeah, man, I, I like uh, uh, Brown Klondike. He makes some good-ass bacon. Brown, if you folks ain't had Brown Brian Klondike's Kendrick. bacon... The Brian Kendrick Spanky, if you will, <laughs> as he likes to be called. Spanky, as he likes to be called. Ah. <laughs> well, folks, welcome to another riveting week of Beef Sticks podcast as we approach nearer and nearer to our one-year anniversary or travesty, depending on how you want to look at it. We've been here for a year, and we ain't going nowhere, so you better get used to it. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for our one-year anniversary. I think uh, I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be I very good. I think this has been the fastest year of my entire life, and it drives me insane. <laughs> it's nuts, in it? It's uh, wild. And it seems like last week we were working on, like, episode 14. And we're drawing nearer and nearer to Wrestle Freakin' Mania. Wrestle point at the sign. Mania. You got to point at the sign. I was watching wrestling this week, and I thought to myself, "Do you think all contracts nowadays have in it every every wrestler who signs a WWE contract? It's in there that from Royal Rumble to WrestleMania, they have to point at the sign. <laughs> That's in their contract. You have to point at the sign. It gets fuck. That gets old." It's so cheesy. If, like, one or two people did it, then I, it'd be cool, but, yeah, it's pretty cheesy. Right. I I firmly believe you should only point at the sign when you know you're going to WrestleMania, so John Cena should not have pointed at the sign at all yet <laughs> this year. Because he might not be at WrestleMania! Yeah, right. God, I loved how he busted that out on Rano. I know we're going to talk about it later, but I want to oh, yeah. highlight this right now. How my my only way could be getting in by fighting the Undertaker at WrestleMania. 
definitely not going to happen. Definitely Fuck not. You. Definitely Fuck not. You. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. The biggest star the company has, and they might not put them on there. Well, fuck, at this point, they might not be putting the Miz on either. <laughs> this point, we'll get into that news too, but there might be a lot of folks not going to Mania. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. Uh, well, you know what? Let's, uh, well, no, uh, bust out our sponsors first, and then we'll get into that. We should keep it moving. All right. You know, you wouldn't go to the grocery store in the buff unless you're the fat man. So why take your car out in public completely naked? It just doesn't make sense. I've been completely naked when I took my car into public. Swag all over that station wagon. That shaggin' shack on wheels. Swaggin'. But why don't you swing yourself on over to my homeboy, Corey Matthews, at Monster Wear Clothing and put in your bid for handcrafted custom vinyl decals. Hell, you don't even have to put them on your car. You can put them on your computer. You can put them on your face. Use them to wax your balls for all I care. Just go over there, hit them up, let them know Pasty White sent you, and he'll hook you up on an excellent discount on those vinyl decals or custom-made screen-printed T-shirts or hand-painted hockey masks. This man puts a lot of love into his products, and it shows. Locally sourced here in Minnesota, they can take a load off of your wallet without taking it all and breaking the bank. Hit up Monster Wear Clothing today. And real quickly, I just want to throw in here. Today I'm drinking a uh, Rebel Anytime Session IPA. Delicious, super hoppy IPA. So I'm in the liquor store, right, and I see this. And Rebel's a good brand. They're, they make good beer. And they got a 15-pack for $15. I was like, hot damn, that's a buck of beer for a good Rebel IPA. There was a, It was a deal where it's like, you know how they got like a, it's like three free beers. So $15 is the price of a 12-pack, but they threw in three free beers. I was like, hot damn. So I picked that up for the show because I like me, a, you know, we all like a good IPA, and man, I just like, fuck that, I'm doing it. With that being said, lots to talk about. Hey, hey, hey! I want to spotlight something. I might not have had beer for a good long while on the podcast, and I might still not have beer on the Beef Sticks podcast, but I do want to highlight something that was just announced one day ago, and our friends at Surly Brewing Company are partnering with Minnesota's premier rock venue, First Avenue, to bring to you Plus One, an all-new golden ale from Surly Brewing Company. You should be able to pick it up uh, right about April-esque. I'm looking forward to that, and that might be my next beer on the podcast. I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that. For sure. I'm not going to wait till April to have a beer, but, man, I'm going to try that. From the description, it's got like uh, some light hoppy notes with very little bitter tones, which is kind of the opposite of what I usually go for. 
Yeah. But certainly never let me down, so I, I don't see why I wouldn't drink it. And I love the venue First Avenue. I've been there plenty of times. I'll be there plenty more times. I mean, fucking iconic. One of the most iconic places in Minnesota. Yeah. And you know, Surly only looks out for one person, and that's Surly. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> lots to get at today, including a, an elimination chamber. Uh, controversial SmackDown and Raw's. We hope to get to Mania news. We're going to start out with uh, UFC news. UFC president... Afka. Afka. The president of UFC, Dana White, posted a black and white picture of himself and Brock Lesnar together, smiling, looking kind of chummy. So this, of course, got folks talking, and Dana himself addressed the issue as he was recently a guest on Sirius XM NASCAR. What that has to do with UFC or pro wrestling? I don't know, but they just want to talk. That's the kind of crossover we <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and from Dana White's mouth, he said the chances of Brock Lesnar returning to the UFC are, and I quote, very, very, very good. End quote. Now he followed this, um... He didn't follow this, but after all this, Paul Heyman told TMZ, I think Brock Lesnar does whatever Brock Lesnar wants to do. If Brock Lesnar wants to fight in UFC, Brock Lesnar will fight in UFC. If Brock Lesnar wants to fight in WWE, he'll fight in WWE. Ask Braun Strowman. Ask Randy Orton. Ask The Undertaker. Brock Lesnar does what Brock Lesnar wants to do. Ask Paul Heyman's grandma. She yeah. got done. By Brock Lesnar. What do you think of all this this pasty this uh, UFC talk and we know that we know I that mean, Brock's contract expires allegedly the day after Mania, right? And it could go either way. Um, frankly, if if he can go back to the UFC now, do it. It's better than him being on Raw, holding up a championship that he never defends or he's never there to elevate, for that matter. You know. Uh, there's a lot more people who are, who are, I, I think, better equipped to handle that title now, including Roman Reigns. But I don't think Roman Reigns will hold it for long if he does take it. I think I think Braun Strowman is going to be your big champion for the bulk of 2018. Get it, big champion, because he's big, big champion. Yeah. <laughs> but then again, you got you know your dark horse like Seth Rollins, and if Seth Rollins gets it, you know it's only a matter of time before Finn Balor gets his hands on it. In and what world is Seth Rollins a dark horse for the championship? He's already beat Lesnar for the championship. At Mania! He beat Lesnar and Roman! He's a dark horse, my ass! I could easily see him champion before Braun! Yeah, but I mean, before before the the um, the big match at Raw two weeks ago... I don't think anybody had a thought in their mind that Seth Rollins would have a Universal Championship anytime soon, and I think that's more cemented in our minds now, and I think that's pretty much where I'm coming from on that end of Dark Horse. I mean, definitely I guess, not. I guess to me... I guess if you want to talk Dark Horse, let's talk Elias. Yeah, I guess to me, I've always just... To me, Rollins is always right there as somebody who could take it tomorrow, like in a random title switch. I've always thought of Rollins as one of them that they can give it to at any time and seems... Legit. 
I guess I've always kind of pictured him that way. I guess not everybody does, but I always have. And I don't believe you stated, but that picture of Brock Lesnar and uh, Dana White was taken the night of Elimination Chamber. While everybody else was at the venue working their ass off to get the show off the ground and going, and, and all that fun shit, Brock Lesnar was down the street hanging out with Dana White. Yeah, having a drink. That's kind of a... Kind of a slap in the face, really, the WWE. And then, of course, later we're going to get into Raw <laughs> and the things that transpired there in the aftermath. Yeah, we got we got news on that coming up yet in our WrestleMania news before we even get into Raw. Brock Lesnar is a hot topic at this moment. And you know what? He always is A, around Mania, and B, around when his contract comes up. Always. He's at Hot Topic buying Bullet Club t-shirts. Damn right. The the villain club. So it'll be interesting. Like I said, he's just it's they always talk about it around this time. And basically like like uh Heyman said, Lesnar's gonna do what Lesnar wants to do. Right. And nine times out of ten that means following his pocketbook. Which will probably take him to the UFC and then back to WWE in a couple of years. Or when he gets busted for steroids again. <laughs> which According to the last run, would be one match. Right. One fight. <laughs> so on to another UFC fighter slash pro wrestler. Slash pro wrestler who's not a UFC fighter. Uh, CM Punk and Stu Bennett, who is the former Wade Barrett in WWE. I love that you call Stu Bennett by his name, but you don't call CM Punk by his name. Uh, CM Punk still goes by CM Punk. Stu Bennett goes by Stu Bennett. I'm calling them what they go by. Charles um, from, Punk. <laughs> from, uh, from what I've heard, CM Punk gets really upset when people call him by his real name. Um, to the fact that he's physically assaulted fans who have come up and... and uh, hey, but, Phil. Yeah. Hey, they don't, Phil. He doesn't like Phil. He doesn't like Brooks. He doesn't like Philip. So, I call him. I call him what he wants to be called. I call him if he wants to be called, you know, jackass. I'll call him jackass. I'm gonna laugh when years down the road he's gonna go and get signed, or not signed, but entered in the WWE Hall of Fame. And by that time, he's changed his name to just straight up Punk. <laughs> right, just like Warrior. <laughs> Legally changed his name to Warrior. Um. You know, everybody laughs at Warrior for changing his name to Warrior legally. How come nobody gives fucking Stone Cold shit for legally changing his name to Steve Austin? Is that any different? Actually, I think that's worse, seeing as Steve Austin was the, the million-dollar man. Right? Yeah, I know, right? What, is he going to start wrestling Bigfoot in the fucking jungle? No! Why didn't he get for that? That's my question, you know what I mean? It's just, uh, I get, I get why you would do it because it's just easier, especially with Stone Cold. Cause he's in the entertainment industry. So he's always going to be booked as Steve Austin. So legally it's just easier to be Steve Austin. Right. I get that. I'm just pointing out the fact everybody gives warrior shit. Nobody gives Steve Austin shit about it. Call a spade yeah. a spade. Well, fucking move on. On this level, uh, you know, um, WWE had no idea. James Ellsworth's name was actually James Ellsworth, insert his real last name here. His middle name is Ellsworth. 
And so when he signed his contract, they're like, why did you sign that? He's like, because it's my legit middle name. <laughs> and so that works for him. It worked out in his better behalf because you can bet WWE wouldn't have given him his name after they released him. Right? They haven't given Cody Rhodes yet. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly uh, I don't know that Cody really wants it because if he would push for it, he'd get it. I think he wants to to make his own legacy. I mean, everybody knows who his father is, but I think he wants to carve out his own kind of. So we're only on the second. Uh, we're only on the second. We're only on the second news subject, and we're already way off course. So I'm gonna get us back on course. That's how I like it. CM Punk and the former Wade Barrett, now known as Stu Bennett, have been announced as co-hosts for season three of Netflix series Ultimate Beastmaster. Punk will debut as one of the American team co-hosts for the show alongside established host Tiki Barber. And I always just, I've always loved Tiki Barber's name. I love it. Um, Bennett, though, will be making his hosting debut this season, but it'll be as part of the UK team alongside Fox Sports' K. Abdo. Season 3 of Ultimate Beastmaster is expected to be released later this year and is executive produced by Sylvester Stallone. Sly himself. So moving on to the news of um of the you know who knows what the fuck's gonna happen. Anyone who watched Raw could probably tell it doesn't seem that Matt Hardy's win over Bray Wyatt at the Elimination Chamber will mark the end of their rivalry. With WrestleMania 34 only five weeks away, that seems like the likely place to behold a blow-off match. Especially since both Hardy and Wyatt are names WWE probably wouldn't want to leave off the card on April 8th in New Orleans and might have no chance, no choice, but to have to fucking fill it with patter and padding and fodder. I said patter. Whatever. Wrestling Inc. says there is at least one more match in the feud and that might happen at Mania. They and others are also interpreting tweets from The Woken One to mean that it's not only happening, but The Great War could end with the ultimate deletion. And that it could be the WWE version of one of the big gimmick match productions Matt put on in TNA when he was broken. Now, the tweets that they're referring to are two separate tweets. The first one was Matt saying, You're looking and sounding rather broken, Bray. I absolutely crave the opportunity to go to war with you once again. For the completion of the deletion of Abigail. However, it shall only be on my terms, on my battlefield. And he followed up that tweet. With many Roman candles. <laughs> and a dilapidated boot. <laughs> he followed that tweet by saying, By absorbing part of Bray Wyatt's essence, I can only assume uh, JoJo's done that a few times also, it has allowed my broken brilliance passage into both the light and the dark. It shall be needed to obtain victory in the Great War. The ultimate deletion is coming. Now, there's really not a lot going on in WWE that makes you think anything at the Hardy Compounds happening. We, I, we, we, we're owed it. I think we deserve it as yeah. fans. 
I think there's better people to do it against than Bray Wyatt. Obviously, they've proven well, honestly, these two I do think, not have chemistry at all. I think it should be almost like Tag Team Apocalypto, where like everybody who doesn't have something to do on Mania is included. Yeah, that could be fun, but I don't want that for their first, you know, big Hardy compound thing, because then it's well, the rumor has it's it not going to be as good. At the, at, at, um, fuck. the compound? He's at the WWE. Oh, Performance Center? Center? Yeah, the Performance Center, and he's been training. So he should be back before WrestleMania. And at that point, you'd think Ray Wyatt would call on at least all the members of the Wyatt family. Yeah, I don't know. I just know... That Matt puts out tweets at least once a week, and everyone so far has claimed that uh, things from King Maxwell joining him on TV to Senior Benjamin. He just put one out about Vanguard One is joining the war. Um, I I honestly think he's vicariously living out what he wants this to be through Twitter. I don't think any of it is even going through WWE Creative. I just think he tweets what he wants to happen. And that's how he gets his creative juices out there. Because we have yet to see even Rebby uh, in WWE, let alone King Maxwell or Senior Benjamin or Vanguard One or Dilapidated Boy or even Brother Nero. We've yet to see Brother Nero on TV. Um, so it'd be awesome. I could see them doing it. I just say I wouldn't get your hopes up right now. I wouldn't put money on that match happening. And if they do do it, we all gotta hope it's better than the House of Horrors match from last year. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you were talking about James Ellsworth earlier. Yes, I was. Did you hear James Ellsworth is a champion for the first time in his career? Yes, I did. Did you hear that it's a championship that he created himself and gave to himself? (laughs) Well... How else are you going to get a champion? Yes, folks. He created the Progress Intergender Championship. Uh, He created a championship that he is going to fight against women to defend. Not just women. It's intergender, so technically, unless he's a woman, he can can only face women. And then when a woman has it, they can only face men because it's an intergender title. I don't think so. I think I think when he put it out there, he said he would be facing all comers of all gender roles. He did say he's taking on all comers, but this is um very reminiscent of um um. And when the big hog gets all up in there, they all come. Uh, no, this is very re- reminiscent of Andy um uh, Kaufman. Yeah. And as we know, Andy Kaufman said he'd take on everybody. But the only people he would face is women. And so I basically see this as a modern-day Andy Kyle. I see and him as Jerry paying homage. No, Jerry no. Jerry took him on. He <laughs> did everything to get out of facing Jerry Lawler at every turn, which was great, which was great. And I see this as an homage to him. And I think it's great. Um, Pasty and I were talking before, and I honestly think James Ellsworth has maybe two years of getting jobs, even on the indies, left. Um, so use it for what you have now, because in two years, I honestly think think we'll see him back in WWE. I do. I could see it like 10 years from now as like, um, want to triple H, like the Pat Patterson to, to, to to triple H, you know, 
But no, he's I I personally don't see him competing in a WWE ring unless it's like a like a, a wrestle or um Royal Rumble. Hopping up at Royal Rumble or something stupid like that. No. He'd be a good selling point. They were um they seem to be trying to do something good with 205 Live. The worst thing, they just got rid of Enzo. Why would you replace him with somebody who's worse than Enzo? That's why. <laughs> Um, but honestly, good for him. I'm happy for him. I, this is getting attention back on him. Again, we haven't we haven't heard had any news about him since he left WWE. So hey, this got people talking. I'm um, pretty sure we could have talked about this last week on the show because I think I knew about it as far back as that. Um, no, we didn't talk about it last week. No, I'm saying we could have. Oh, we could do a lot of things if we had money. Folks, give us money. Money. <laughs> Patreon. Go fund me. So, Hell, if you want to get all the perks for free, go ahead and float on over to Facebook and join the new Cloud Style Insiders group. Yes. You cheap ass. So now we're going to float on over podcast. across the seas and see what's popping in Japan. Okay. The, the feud between the Bullet Club and Kenny Omega is getting hotter than ever, folks. We all know about the unofficial war of the leaders between Kenny and Cody. And that issue flared up during New Year's Dash and then turned violent at New Beginnings. At that time, Omega was saved by his old BFF and former Golden Lovers tag partner, Kota Ibushi. Since then, Ring of Honor has announced Kenny versus Cody at the upcoming Super Card of Honor pay-per-view. Which is going to have some amazing matches, folks. We're, that's the one we're also getting. Um, um, no, is it? Yeah, isn't that the 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 one that we're getting? Um, Ramis? No, 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 no. That's not the one we're getting. Ray Mysterio versus. That's that's an um. Um, strong style. Uh, uh, what is it? Strong style evolved. I think. I think yes. it's strong style evolved. Strong style um, evolved. But that one, the Super Card of Honor, is actually the day before WrestleMania. So you're going to get. Cody versus Kenny the day before WrestleMania. Um, WrestleMania is going to have to try hard to top that. <laughs> right. NXT is um, going to have to try hard just to keep up with Although, that. to I be fair, for NXT. I, the story going into this is hot, probably hotter than any story WWE has now. But um, this week I heard a nickname that apparently has been floating around for Cody throughout the uh, interwebs and uh, I had to laugh cuz I was like that that is exactly Cody it's it's the king of three star matches <laughs> and um I have to agree with that you know you put Cody into a match you assume you're going to you're not going to get a one or two star match out of him you'll get better than one or two stars but you're probably not going to get a four or five star match out of the guy either <laughs> so this actually may be one of uh, Kenny Omega's worst matches we've seen for a while. We'll have to see. Maybe Cody's best match of his career. Yeah, maybe Cody can pull something out, but I had to Kenny's laugh when I heard AJ. Kenny's like AJ in the fact that I feel like he can make anybody look good. Man, so. fucking six year old girls he can fucking wallop. Blow up dolls. Blow up no, dolls. Not... Yeah. Or no, that's Cody okay. that, that was uh, that was um Cody Ibushi, actually. Yeah. A golden lover. He is. Um so Things, believe it or not, got even more intense over the weekend and New Japan's first night of Honor Rising, where Cody, Marty Skrull, and Hangman Page 
fought and beat the Golden Lovers and Chase Owens. Now, that isn't what got things going. After the match, the former Rhodes and Omega continued to fight until Cody grabbed the mic and rhymed, Bullet Club is fine. And I'll add one more thing, Bullet Club is mine. Well, things didn't go much better on night two when Golden Lovers took on Cody and Skrull, and Cody had new tights with the word leader on them, and then kissed Omega's off-screen boyfriend, Ibushi, towards the end of the match. During the post-show press conference, Omega replied to the event saying, Cody has embarrassed himself. Then proceeded to accuse, this sounds like an evil project of a WWE reject. That's what it sounds like to me. So, so far, it's just kind of been Cody and Kenny. And the Young Bucks, they initially seemed to be staying out of the inner squabbling between the two egos. And they'd even befriended Coda, inviting him up to the room on being the elite and hanging out. That is until the end of the second night of Honor Rising, when Omega proclaimed in the middle of the ring... Not only is this the best weekend of my life, but the Golden Lovers are the best tag team in the world. Now, this pushed the Young Bucks to move up to the heavyweight tag division, which would make... He just got pissed and started eating. <laughs> we're gonna get you guys. They were depressed, depressed eating. <laughs> they were sad. Now that makes the two teams direct competitors. In fact, New Japan has announced a match between the two teams... At Strong Style Evolved, that's the one that's going to be here at the States that's going to have some amazing matches. Um, Naido versus Jericho and Rey Mysterio versus Jushin Thunder Liger, and, and it's just going to be an awesome, awesome card. Pasty, what do you think of all this, uh, this, this, this evolution of this squabble? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, I'm loving it. Yeah. Good I don't stuff. know any better way to put it. This is fucking, I'd say, a great storytelling. This is the shit that WWE doesn't have going on for them. It's good. It's great. And I'm really looking forward to where all this takes us. You know, and that's weird, because usually... If, if, it ends with, if it ends with the Bullet Club being no more, I guess, so be it. Because everybody's going to leave from it better off than they were in the first place. Oh, yeah. But it's funny you say that because New Japan has always kind of been the place that's known more as of substance over, over fluff. They've had really good matches but not great stories. And WWE has always been known for being the storytellers and all of that. And you make a good point. Going into WrestleMania, there really isn't a lot of great stories outside of the women's division. Really? I thought you'd never say that. No, no, honestly. So the fact that they're doing that, and then, like you said, if this ends up in the, the Bullet Club going all their separate ways, there are rumors, which I, I hope I hope don't pan out to be true, that this could end up uh, resulting in a what would be the equivalent of NWO Hollywood and NWO Wolfpack, where Omega will run one type of Bullet Club and Cody will run another one. Well, I mean, it, that, that's okay. That's okay, because the whole time they've been uh, paralleling the NWO. And why yeah, wouldn't you? Because you learn it's from their mistakes. Course. You learn of from their course. mistakes. Of course. They were so watered down at that point. People by nostalgia 
Why not? If they pull if they pull the plug on it soon, if it's like a short little storyline, I'd be okay with it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Let's and there's there's no literal bullet club out there. A lot of the guys are going to make their way to WWE that much sooner. Let's just hope the they don't club. copy the finger point the finger poke of doom, okay? We just don't need that. <laughs> okay, now sting face paint. Right. Believe it or not, the next 50% of the news is almost all mania related and a, a news segment I've dubbed Mania Mania. Can't believe yeah, I I'm came manic. up with that. <laughs> so, one little neat little uh, uh, tidbit that I that I found out. If WWE does in fact go with Sasha Banks versus Bayley at Mania, as it seems they're going, it will be another of WWE's mouth-watering first-time-in-WWE-history moments, as it will be the first time two women compete in a standard no stipulation, non-title, one-on-one match at WrestleMania. The only other non-title female singles match was billed as a cat fight. That was at WrestleMania 2000 between the cat and Terry with special guest referee Val Venus. The winner of the match was determined by the diva who threw their opponent out to ringside. So basically a two-woman rumble. That you didn't even have to go over the top rope. Um, so that's kind of neat. I'm, I, it's sad that they've never just had a one-on-one match. They've always feel felt like they've had to sell it with a gimmick. A grudge can sell a match as much as anything else. A good story will sell a match. The thing that, that worries me is you're going to have Bliss defending at Mania. You're going to have Charlotte defending at Mania. You're going to have Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle versus Triple H and Stephanie McMahon at Mania. Yeah. And Sasha and Bailey are going to get relegated to the pre-show. It might. I hope it doesn't. There's a lot of men's matches that could get Unless relegated Charlotte to the... defends on the pre-show. But I don't, I don't, um, I don't know. I think, I think one of these matches are going to wind up being pre-show. And it's not happening. going to be Triple H and Stephanie versus Kurt and Ronda. It could be Sasha and Bailey. I could easily see that. Like you said, that is something to worry about. And at that point, I wouldn't consider it a first time because, as you and I have said before, we don't consider the pre-show a pay-per-view event. People don't make royalties off their, a, their you know, look no. at look at uh, look at Austin Aries. Yep, it's a it's he a Sunday show at Mania and didn't get any kind of royalties for it. Exactly, it's a Sunday Night Raw or a Sunday Night SmackDown is what it is at best. At worst, it's a Sunday night superstars or whatever. Sometimes it is. I uh, think there should be a stipulation. I want to see, like, loser has to go back to NXT. Why I don't not? Know. <laughs> they, they, it'll be a seven-way match because WWE is addicted to those right now. Uh, so there have been some names leaked as to which NXT superstars are rumored to be called up to the main roster shortly after Mania. The list includes Andrade Cien Almas, no. Drew McIntyre, the Authors of Pain, Ember Moon, and Johnny Wrestling himself, Johnny Gargano. What I have to ask you, Pacey, is are these leaked names, or is this just a fucking educated guess that any one of us could predict? I mean, 
They just all seem like does, don't they? Oh, yeah. Authors of Pain should have been brought up almost last year's Mania. Yeah. Uh, Ember Moon, I mean, fuck, this, the, the names kind of sting because Andrade would have to lose his title, Ember would have to lose her title, or, or at least lose it shortly thereafter. Uh, Johnny Gargano is more than likely 205 Live bound, as we could all assume. Yeah, which is sad, but I mean, depending on what happens with 205 Live. I worry depending that maybe on what they happens. try to loop uh, CN into that whole business, too. Oh, you're going to 205 Live because you're Mexican. If they're, you know, if they're, as I've said before, if they are dedicated to making that a great show, I'm okay with them putting great talent on there. As long as they're dedicated to making it a great show. Because I stand behind, I'd be okay with all of these people staying in NXT and just making WWE main roster money. Right. You know, shit. So, to me, if they're allowed to have good matches and make money, I'm okay with it. I'm 100% okay with it. If they're forced to wrestle the regular WWE-style match like the old 205 Live guys were, nah. Then just, you might as well keep them in NXT. Fuck it. Um, here's some, uh, here's some more Japanese news for you. The 434, which is very unreliable, but I just, I had to put this in here because I thought it was interesting. The 434 is reporting that Dave Meltzer is reporting that Triple H, (laughs) yeah, that Triple H has said (laughs) that he hired Japanese idol group, Aquarus, 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 I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm going to say Aquarus, it sounds right. To perform live at WrestleMania. Triple H says that this will be the beginning of a partnership between WWE and many Japanese promotions and could be gaining more Japanese fans in the process. I would love to see this. I don't have any fucking belief in hell that that's happening, that they're putting a Japanese pop group uh, live at WrestleMania. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this reminds me of something I wanted to say back when you were talking about New Japan and all the things going on with the club. Um, New Japan's trying to push their way more into American territory, and so for them to do that, they would need to adapt more to the American style of storyline. And and I think that's why they're going this route. Yeah. And to be fair, um, if anybody ever watched New Japan for a long time, they actually are really good at, at storytelling. They just do a much longer process of storytelling. But they also have longer time in between matches and programs. They don't have, you know, three shows a week. They do, like, you know, they'll do a a set of, of like, two or three night shows every month or so. So they they should have a more long, drawn-out process, you know. Otherwise, you're flipping titles at every show. So, but yeah, no, no, I I agree with you. You want to hook... If you want to hook American fans, you got to give them what they want. While still, WWE follows that suit too. While still, Japanese fans, they give us more story via matches. Yeah, well, you know they, they they have to they have to adapt to what Americans want while still being unique, which is a fine line to tread, a very American. fine line to tread. That'll be uh, interesting. Now. Despite rumors that were rampant earlier this week that his contract expired already and wanted to quietly fade into the night, Big Show did an interview for UPI.com where he said it may 
may look on the outside like it's a new thing that WWE is doing, but since I hit the ground running in 99, it's always been the attitude, onward and upward. Although he had hip surgery in September, he noted he will, this is his words, will be back in time for WrestleMania. Um, so all those rumors that were running rampant that uh, WWE let his contract expire and he was just going to go out without a big hurrah seems to be all bullshit. Of course he's going to be there at Mania. He's got to be in the Andre the Giant Memorial <laughs> Battle Royal stupid match of crapness. But you know, they said this about Kane not too long ago either, that he just wanted to be done and go into the sunset without making a big deal, and then he was on like, you know, five weeks of it. It's like, you know what? And, and now his entire political campaign is based on being a wrestler. Right. Terrible, terrible ideas. Yeah, I, it's wrestling, okay? Terry Funk has retired over 25 times, and he's literally still wrestling. I think it was at least a month ago that he was wrestling some young bucks. So, um, not not matter or Nick. I mean, just... <laughs> um, so, you know, just shut up with the... Until somebody comes out and says they're retiring, and then you still got to take it with a grain of salt, but just let it be. Right, right. Just let it be. Um, just let it be. Unless you're Shawn Michaels. Yeah, well, he lost his smile. He just fell off his fucking face. <laughs> Too many drugs, man. Too much cocaine. Cocaine? The hell is cocaine? Uh, speaking of people that may be retiring from wrestling, more rampant rumors running round about Lesnar. If Lesnar will even be at WrestleMania. There's talks about him no-showing WrestleMania after he allegedly no-showed this Monday's Raw. And Roman called him out on live TV, calling him an entitled punk who hides behind his contract and noting Lesnar's meeting with UFC President Dana White that we had talked about earlier. So first, there are contradicting reports about what actually happened at Raw. And I have have sifted it down to three stories seeming to be the best guesses. The first... I completely ripped off WrestleTalk in the meantime. <laughs> it did not. It, just going to point that one out there. I... Copyright purpose. Credit to WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk and support B-Stick Podcast. It's actually credit to um um Dave Meltzer, but you know... They, they ripped off Dave Meltzer. <laughs> which, which is where 90% of the wrestling news comes from to begin with. 434 just makes up their own Dave Meltzer stories to get it put out. Um, <laughs> so the first scenario is that this is all a work, and Lesnar was never planned to actually be at Raw. Now this seems to be the least likely scenario, as both Wrestling Observer and PW Insider are claiming Brock was definitely supposed to be there and have an in-ring confrontation with Roman. Well, even Paul Heyman said before the pay-per-view, whoever wins has got a rude awakening coming at the Monday night afterwards when Brock Lesnar will be there to confront them. That was a thing that happened, and I didn't forget about it. Don't you forget about it either. Hold these people to their accountability. Also, that would mean that WWE intentionally falsely promoted a major star and segment, which is just not good juju to your fans. Ugly business. It is. The second scenario is that Brock Lesnar... They kind of did that for Raw 25, too, if you want to. That is very true. 
And look at what happened there. (laughs) The second scenario is that Brock Lesnar did in fact no-show Raw as a negotiating tool to gain leverage and remind WWE how important he is to them and that they need him more than he needs them. Which is possible. He's been known to hold them up. He's been known to do his own thing. Um, it's it's believable, and we all. Lesnar was not wearing a WWE T-shirt in that picture with. Dana right, Day. and we all and we all know that. I mean, Lesnar is not passionate about wrestling. He's passionate about making money. Um, the third and most likely scenario is that WWE, or more likely Vince McMahon himself, changed the script after hearing the rumblings about the Dana White photo. Vince then got a hold of Brock and told him not to show up, thus increasing his heel status and decreasing his credibility if he were to leave to UFC. And, most importantly, using it to get the fans behind Roman Reigns. Which, holy fuck, it worked. Did you hear that crowd pop? It oh worked. Oh my god. I've ish. never heard so many people behind Roman. It worked ish. <laughs> right? You heard a few low bass bass cheers. But now one important bit to note here is that Heyman was also conspicuously absent from Raw Monday. With insiders noting that Paul is usually there even when Brock isn't as Paul Heyman is Brock's real-life shoot manager and handles Brock's end of any storylines involving the Beast. Also this morning, Paul Heyman tweeted, the reigning, defending, undisputed WWE Universal Champion Brock Lesnar and I fully intend to honor our contractual obligations and therefore will indeed appear live at the United Center this Saturday night in Chicago. Now me here, me just freestyling, I'm going to say, I personally feel like it's probably none of these ones, and it might literally be something came up and Brock was not able to make it, and so that is when Vince McMahon decided to say, okay, let's spin this, call it a no-show, have Roman come out there, because they would not let Roman go out there and say that about Brock Lesnar if it was not written for him. I mean that was not a that was not a shoot. That was a work, folks. He was not out there shooting. I can I can almost guarantee yeah, you that. Cut the mic off, you know what I mean? Yeah. And from my understanding that that segment aired on Hulu, right, Pasty? Yes. So they would have cut so it from Hulu at least. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's not the and case. I don't know. I I feel like I feel like it is the third option because I don't think they would want to run Lesnar's name through the mud like that if he wasn't okay with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, don't piss that guy off. <laughs> well, you know, and the biggest thing, like I said, Lesnar's passionate about money. So the question yeah. of would he no-show WrestleMania, number one, that's his biggest payday. So I don't see him doing that. Number two, we do know he does have an ego. So I also don't see him giving up being on WrestleMania even if he's going to lose. And number three, WWE would have a huge lawsuit on their hands that Brock probably would not be able to win. And I don't think Brock wants that. Right. So even if he if he was feeling like he didn't give a shit, I'd say worst case scenario, he'd show up and half-ass it. Right. 
He wouldn't have to do much anyway, you know. Paul he he doesn't to begin with. <laughs> Heyman does all the heavy lifting, so. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. Good. it's good. It's good for Roman because the fans do need to be behind him here, especially since we all know he's going to peel it off Rocket Mania. Yeah. Anything, and I mean, they're, they're throwing everything at the wall and see if it sticks. And if this is what gets him over, fucking go for it. Go for it. Why not? Why not indeed? So we got some more Mania mumblings. It appears Braun Strowman facing The Miz for the Intercontinental title. segment next week. I like that a lot. <laughs> right? Has been scrapped. And I was really looking forward to that match. Due to three main factors. Factor one. I didn't get this from WrestleTalk, pasty. Factor two. <laughs> With Rollins in limbo due to all his partners pussing out and no strong plans for Finn, WWE may actually be heading towards a three-way for the IC title at WrestleMania with Seth, Finn, and the champion Miz. (laughs) Three. Roman's Roman's possible implications from Dr. Johnny Bravo's steroid scandal may take Roman completely out of uh, the, the WrestleMania picture. So they may have to be shuffling everything up, which would put Braun Strowman probably in the match with Brock Lesnar, which would be an awesome match. That's what I've been hoping for the whole time. And three or four. Vince is said, you throw me off my numbers, pasty. Vince is said to be high on the Elias gimmick and is warming up to a gimmick match between Elias and Braun Strowman at WrestleMania. Now, there are two gimmicks being thrown around backstage. One of them would be some kind of a pole match, which would most likely be a guitar on a pole match. The other option is interesting. There's, it sounds like they may be dusting off the old blindfold match gimmick, which hasn't been used in a super long time. Um, it had mixed results in the past, with the most famous, and, and the last one I actually remember, being at WrestleMania 7. WrestleMania 4, Jake the Snake versus Rick Martel. Yeah, WrestleMania 7. Yeah, the 7th Mania back in 1991. Um, Now, another possibility that they have is they could end up throwing all five men together and making it another fucking fatal five-way for the IC title. Which they seem to be just fucking addicted to right now, so that's probably what we're going to end up getting. Yeah, I'm I'm expecting at least the triple threat. Uh, I don't want that at Mania. I guess in the IC title run, it's okay. I would prefer to see The Miz with The Miztourage and Finn Balor with The Good Brothers and that be your Mania match. Still wouldn't be great. It doesn't sound Mania-worthy. See not the one, like, not like Seth versus Finn does. You know what I mean? We were just talking about that. Well, even like like I like I was thinking, you know, Seth versus Finn versus Miz sounds like a fucking amazing match. I mean, that's better than Braun versus Miz. That's better yeah. than the Fatal Five Way. I mean, yeah, Seth Miz Finn Miz stay out of it for the most part. Well, yeah, and when Miz is in there, he's a good worker. 
He isn't yeah. a he isn't a jumpy high flying guy, but he's a good storyteller and he's a good worker and he's a good seller. And he's oh, a good yeah. heel. I mean, you put all those things in there. Yeah, you could that could be an awesome awesome match. Um just again, it's just kind of getting thrown together. It's like WWE's just they're scattered. They're all over the fucking place right now. It's tough. It, it's got to be tough. Like, I know we could sit here and we could shit on WWE creative week after week after week after week. And we do. And we do. But I think if we were in the same position, trying to make sure everybody's everything went over without a hitch, I think it'd be rough. And I don't know. They're doing the best with what they can. It's a little lackluster. I don't expect this to be the best WrestleMania of all time. I, I definitely don't expect them to go as far out as they did for setup as they did last year. I think Vince learned from that one. Right. <coughs> but they're back in that uh, Superdome there with that long-ass fucking entry, man. Yeah. That long-ass well, I mean, ramp. Year, I swear to God, last year's was had to have been the longest entry ramp of all time. Yeah, I don't know. They're, they're just they're getting ridiculous. When you got a golf cart fucking big show and yeah. Braun Strowman to the ring, it gets ridiculous. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, like you said, um, yeah, yeah, we can shit on everybody, and and you know, it's got to be hard. That actually reminds me, and it's it's been quite a while. I don't remember what episode it was, but I was listening to something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard, and I don't I don't remember what he was talking about. One thing stood out to me. He said. And it was about just uh, something, some really dumb decision that was made, just a stupid match or something like that. And Conrad always calls him out on bullshit. And he's like, you know, isn't this the stupidest fucking thing? And Bruce said, you know, honestly, what I think it was that time is he's like, you get us together and we, creative, we have a plan of what we want to do today, next week, and maybe three, four weeks down the line. And you got this all planned out and you got everything written up and you got a place you're going to. And then the night of the event, a couple people get together and they're like, you know what would be great tonight? Let's have him do this instead. Oh, the crowd would pop for that. And he's like, well, yeah, that throws everything else out that we've been working to. Yeah, but it'll be great. And when the people above you tell you to change it, you change it. And, right. you know, I like you said, I, I, I could see where that would be frustrating as shit. You got something planned for three, and, four and weeks the down the line. idea is never going to be better than the first idea. You know what I mean? Rarely. Your, your first plan is always going to be the one you put the most heart into. Every time you're told to rewrite something, it's going to have less heart in it, less, less fucks given. Then again, the original plan was for Stone Cold to be Chili McFreeze. So maybe every now and then the first one isn't the right. best. Right. <laughs> Chili McFreeze. I fucking want to see Chili McFreeze. I do, too. That'd be fucking awesome. <laughs> um, I just imagine Arnold Schwarzenegger in his... Uh, Mr. Mr. Freeze, Freeze outfit, you know? right? Chili yeah. McFreeze. God, I want to put that in my WWE 2K18 right now. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I haven't downloaded any like interesting cause this year. So, moving on to the man of the fucking Fuck you, hour. I know, I'm just trying to keep us moving along. I'm not trying to be rude. <laughs> I feel like we're chugging along just fine. It's we are f- for a pasty we're 15 minutes behind already. 
Um, we all know that John Cena is in a dire position of maybe not having a match at WrestleMania. The Undertaker is ghosting him. See what I did there, Pasty? Ghosting him? Yes. Shane is being a jerk, enforcing Mr. Hustle loyalty and respect to actually win matches and earn a spot at Mania like the heel he is. It's rough being John Cena, Pasty. It's rough. Thankfully, he has friends to help him. Recent WWE signee and former TNA world champion EC3 tweeted him saying, If you don't find a road to WrestleMania, John Cena, you can fight me on NXT TakeOver New Orleans. Which would be great. That would uh, be awesome. I would love that. Just do that. Just do it. And they'd have a good match. They would have a good match. Uh, do you have who else tweeted out? Well, then Lance Storm volunteered, tweeting, So people don't lose sleep tonight. If Cena runs out of options, I'd be willing to come back and face him at WrestleMania. Hashtag WWE, hashtag Raw, hashtag Team Player. Then, your friend... My friend, our friend, Sports Illustrated's own Justin Barrasso tweeted, Breaking news! WWE sources say Rey Mysterio is backstage working out details tonight at SmackDown for a match at WrestleMania. The rumored opponent is John Cena. All this, plus don't forget, Cena has been added to the already crowded main event at Fastlane, where he has a chance at the world title against Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Baron Corbin, Dolph Ziggler, and of course, the champion, AJ Styles. And if he wins that, he will face Nakamura on the grandest stage of them all. Pasty White, with Cena being moved to SmackDown Live now, who do you think... Cena is going to face at Mania. Or is he just not going to make it? (laughs) I have a thought and I have an opinion. But first, I do want to say I strongly believe here that this is the closest to a Cena heel turn that we are ever going to get. He has flipped. Now he's the whiny bitch heel. And that's the best we're ever going to get out of John Cena. He's going to be the whiny bitch who cries his way on to WrestleMania and beyond. Right, he's really pushing Um, the entitled gimmick. Like, he actually feels entitled. Yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, I mean, if this is the heel we get, I mean, we get it. We take what we can get. I hope he puts Christian to shame. (laughs) One more match! Right. (laughs) But I do think... um, Oh, also to add to your list of tweets, Chavo Guerrero also reached out to John Cena saying, let's make this happen at Mania. I don't want that either. Chavito! (laughs) But I honestly wonder if all of these misfirings, everybody coming off with all these angles for John Cena at WrestleMania, it's all meant to daze and confuse us and make us forget that we ever knew a year ago that John Cena would be facing The Undertaker at WrestleMania. And then probably the week or two weeks before Mania is when we're finally going to get that announcement. So I think it's it's all it's all smoke and mirrors, folks. Just the way the Undertaker likes it. Undertaker's behind it all, pulling the strings to get in Cena's head. It was me all along, Vince. <laughs> um, I I agree with you. I got I got a few of my own reasons why I I would throw See, that I out think, there. I think 
I also think Cena has to lose all these matches building up because I think he's got to be in such a position where he's in such dire straits that he approaches or Undertaker one of they one of them approaches the other one, but it winds up being a career versus career match. Right. Cena's willing to put his career and on then, the line for a match at WrestleMania. And then we have a and, finally have a, an end to, to under an official end to Undertaker. Well, in my in my story, Undertaker pins John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I like your story, but <laughs> um, be a damn I, good book. Speaking I agree. A damn good book. I also note on here you have nothing about the big book of booty. Oh God. <laughs> You know what else? I don't really say anything about it, but in the background of one segment backstage on SmackDown, I saw it, and I hit the Googles immediately. And it's a fucking full-color picture book with some coloring pages. The Big Book of Booty. Shake it, love it, never be it. <laughs> For yep. kids. The other thing I noticed about uh, um, New Day was, I, I don't know if it made it on, um, I don't know if it made it on Hulu or not. But they had they had some guest back there. I don't even know who the fuck it was. Some jackass. Oh, some oh oh, it's the guy that does Biggie and Tupac or whatever. The unsolved yeah. the OJ Simpson and Biggie and Tupac. That's because they were doing a Big E thing. Um, yeah. and uh, they were they were like uh, so they they're saying that Big E is a rapper, and so Big E busts a rhyme, and uh, one part of Big E's rhyme is. I got a ton of job applications, but they ain't filled out because I'm lazy as hell. I was like, at that point, I facepalmed and said, okay, they know exactly what they're doing. They're, they're, there's no way he said that and doesn't realize it's a huge stereotype. goes back to, if you folks didn't listen to last week's beef, um, you have to go back to it because I'm not going to get into it here. But it just immediately made me think of last week's beef. Like, oh my God, he just said that. Um... Now, uh, Undertaker... It doesn't seem like he's saying it against his will, though. It sounds like he's reciting something that's written for him. I mean, what's against your will? Is he got a gun to his head? No. Is somebody paying him money to say something he doesn't want to say? Maybe. We gotta have this man on Beef Sticks podcast. Let's ask him the real questions. What are they doing to you? Did they hurt you? Show us on the doll where they touched you. So my thoughts on Undertaker is is I got two things that make me think it's it's obviously going to be Undertaker. The first is John Cena called Undertaker out on Raw. If Undertaker doesn't answer him, Undertaker's a bitch. I mean, right there, you can't have Undertaker not answer when he's getting called right. out. That's just very not Undertaker like. It just seems stu- it seems like they they spoiled it right there. As soon as he called him out, Undertaker has to answer. The John second Cena thing. Got me with that one, by the way. Why? I popped like a motherfucker oh. when he said he was calling out Undertaker, and then two seconds later he said it wasn't going to happen. I <laughs> sat back down. And like, oh, the other thing is, <laughs> obviously Cena's getting moved to SmackDown because SmackDown's getting horrible ratings, horrible reviews, everything's horrible about it. If John Cena's going to oh, be facing. event of your last pay per view before Mania. That'll do wonders. Well, but if you're going to put John Cena there and if he's going to be feuding with Undertaker, that means Undertaker is also going to be showing up on SmackDown. So Cena and Undertaker being on SmackDown will definitely at least increase the ratings a little bit before Mania. Um, Whether that would keep people watching, I mean, whatever. 
like I said, though, I, I think it's going to be two weeks till Mania before we even see or hear from The Undertaker. See, I think it'll be sooner than that. I think it'll be shortly after Fastlane. Well, there's only three weeks between Fastlane and Mania, I think. Well, there you go. So, so we agree. <laughs> um, one last thing. We do have some police blotter news. WrestleZone reported former WWE diva Tammy Sitch, a.k.a. Sonny, was recently taken into custody by New Jersey correctional officers in relation to several ongoing legal issues. Sitch was taken into custody on Tuesday by the Monmouth County Sheriff's Office in New Jersey, arrested and charged with contempt, disobedience, resistance, with an initial bail charge of 2500 When confirming the charges with an employee of the Monmouth County Correctional Facilities, it was stated that Sitch was being held due to being a fugitive in Pennsylvania for an undisclosed incident. The Aberdeen Police in New Jersey was listed as the agency who took her into custody, and she still remains in custody in the Monmouth County Sheriff's Office as of earlier this day, March the 1st, this year, 2018. The initial charge was later updated to include the following charges as bondable amounts. Aberdeen Township, a failure to, a failure to appear at court was 5000 and Knowlton Township, failure to appear in court, 1000 uh, Sitch has been arrested several times in the last few years, including charges of DUI, violating parole, and she was in uh, WWE-sponsored rehab back in 2016. So basically it just seems like she's not showing up for court and just... So they get her on warrants for that. That's what it seems like. A lot of fancy words just to say she ain't going to court. Ain't paying her fines. Leave it to Sonny to get chained up in Monmouth. Damn right. <laughs> Sunny side up, baby. Yeah. That woman <sighs> got some fucking problems. She does. She does, man. For a while there, she was making money by... Uh, by live videoing fans of hers and, and talking to them while they masturbate. I mean, I mean, I'm not going to tell you how I know this. I'm not. But I'm if not, you sign up on Patreon, we'll give you the same <laughs> service. One dollar a month will get you that one. Golden right. <laughs> Moving along, uh, Elimination Chamber was this weekend, pasty. Yes, it was. We're just going to touch on a few of the happenings that happened. Um, Pre-show was Good Bros versus Miz Tourage. Only good thing about that, I think, Pacey, was that the Revival called out the Good Brothers afterwards, and I could just see Revival Good Brother matches being really good matches. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, they won't be high on the card. WrestleMania pre-show card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're going to be mid-card matches, don't get me wrong. But they'll be good matches. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it'll elevate both teams the way I think it will. So the official pay-per-view started out with the Women's Elimination Chamber. The first ever! I'm sorry, shit, fuck. The first ever! (laughs) Uh, In there, Alexa Bliss defended her championship and came out on top. She won, defeating Bayley, Mickey James, Mandy Rose, Sasha Banks, and Sonya Deville. Just gonna. she didn't defeat all of them. Well, she she def- yeah she won. She she beat one woman. She won the match when the rest lost. I call that defeating them. <laughs> she raised her hand. Um, just a rundown of of some of the eliminations. Bailey and Deville started. Mandy Rose came in next. They got to do the double team on Bailey. Sasha came in next to help out her friend. 
Sasha then eliminated Rose with the bank statement. James came in. Mickey James eliminated DeVille by pin after a awesome Luthez press from the top of the pod. But then she was immediately eliminated by Bailey with a Bailey to belly. Bailey was then eliminated by a roll-up pin from Bliss. And Bliss then won the match after hitting a top rope DDT. All right. Uh, it wasn't a top rope. It was a, um, wasn't it a hanging rope DDT? A draped yes. DDT? A draped DDT. Yep. Onto uh, Banks to retain her title. Um, so I got a few things I, I thought were awesome. About, well, I thought the match itself was fucking A+. I loved it. Um, one thing I really enjoyed was the, the wardrobe. I loved Mickey's uh, woman Wonder Woman gear. And I like that Absolution came out in matching gear, but the, the clean white is kind of an odd choice for your heels to come yeah. out in. I thought that was super weird. Maybe like a and black and red or something. Fortunately for you folks, Fat Mac and I linked up for this pay-per-view and watched it together via Skizype. Um, another another cool thing that happened, uh, Sonya Deville slingshotted Bailey, and Bailey just grabbed onto the, the, the chamber and started climbing up it. That was kind that of a neat bad. little thing. Bailey hit Deville with a diving elbow drop on the railing, which was kind of fun. James's uh, Luthez press, like I talked about, was badass. Um, she's done that off the top of cages before and the such. Uh, she she never ceases to amaze me, even at you know she's not old, but they always give her the old gimmick. Well, I don't see none of the young gals pulling that kind of shit out. Um, the cool thing was. I didn't think about it till I rewatched this pasty because I went back and rewatched this match actually. Um, Sasha Banks, I I, I I I thought of Scar to Mufasa because Sasha Banks is on top of the pod and Bailey's climbing up and they're both t- or no she she's on top of the ropes or, or the they're on anyways they're on the chamber. Um, Alexa's in the middle. God, how did it happen now? Well, one way or the other, folks, I'm rambling. Sasha's up on on the chamber walls. Alexa is up on the chamber walls. Bailey's climbing up, and Sasha just looks at her and boots her in the face and knocks her down. She looked like she was gonna give her her hand at first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she held out her hand, like very yeah, like like Mufasa, and then just and then just booted her down. So I was like, the second time I watched it, I was like, oh my gosh, it's Mufasa and Scar. Um, and then right after that, Banks says, "I'm better than you, Bailey," and I was like, damn. Uh, this was kind of awkward though because it wasn't at a time that either Bailey or Alexa were really like struggling or were down or anything. So it just seemed like a weird time for Banks to turn on Bailey. I know it's every woman for themselves, but I I didn't see the the strategy behind it. I think I think they definitely they probably thought Lion King when they were stuck. <laughs> right. <laughs> they they had to. We gotta do the scene from the Lion King. Uh, something else cool, Banks ended up getting her leg caught in the chamber chains. It was hanging on there. That was cool. Bliss hit a twisted Bliss from the top of the pod. That was also yeah. awesome. That was great. And then uh, Bliss's post-match promo, which started off very heartfelt with the tears. And I did this for all of you. And then she perfectly heel-turned it into, because none of you will ever accomplish your dreams. <clears throat> and went on to talk about how all of us are losers and she's amazing. Um, I honestly feel, Pacey, that she was shooting when she was being really sincere. Like, she was honestly 
saying how she really felt in real life. But then to keep her character, they had her do the twist at the end where she did that, which I think worked. Yeah. But I, I think it was yeah, really motion. It was wonderful. I think it was really motion. Um, you did. You, I, I caught you. You for a second thought she was turning face. I, I did. Well, I didn't think she was turning face, but I thought she was not doing a heel. I thought she was doing a shoot promo. And I still, yeah. I think she was being sincere and talking from the bottom of her heart. But then was able to, yeah, then was able to turn it into the gimmick. And I think that's good because that allowed her to get that in while still saving face. It was awesome. Not a lot of people can pull that off. Um, Then one thing to note is that Mandy Rose is now the first woman ever eliminated from a woman's Royal Rumble and the first woman ever eliminated from an elimination chamber. Man, those are Hall of Fame credentials right there. Yeah, they're not the best things to be known for, but but she got them. By gum, that's a WWE first time ever, baby. Um, the bar went on to face Titus Worldwide. I, I have nothing on that, Pasty. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, moving on. The Empress Asuka defeated Nia Jax in what I thought was a really good match. Nia dominated probably 80% of the match, but they still oh, yeah. let Asuka look tough, I think. And Asuka ended up winning she in the really end. really good at Nia was hardly even winded at the end of the match. Truly, yeah, yeah. Her stamina was awesome. Um, things to hit on here, I wanted to say Jax, at the very beginning, before the match even starts, they show the an Asuka match, mask. And it's just a close-up of an Oscar mask. And then you see a foot come down and crush it. And you they pan up, and it's Nia Jax. I thought that was really cool. I liked that. Hell yeah. Um, at one point, Asuka has a arm bar on Nia Jax. At our, um, no, it was a tra- It was a choke. A choke in an in a arm. Because she had her arm around... No, it must have been an arm bar. Because she wasn't holding her neck, was she, Pasty? Um... Yeah, I don't think she was holding her. She wasn't because because uh, Naya uh, ended up basically deadlifting her up and then took her over and buckle-bombed her into the corner. Like, just a deadlift all the way up. It was pretty impressive because Asuka was hanging from her. She wasn't on the ground. She was hanging from her when, uh, when Naya picked her up. Something you see uh, like a Roman Reigns or a John Cena do a lot. But you don't see it in the women's division a lot. Um, and then after the match, Nia Jax speared Asuka through the security uh, barricade. Which was cool, but it just seems to be the gimmick that WWE is going with nowadays. It's like their new their new favorite toy. That and uh, right. putting g- word graphics when people talk. <laughs> it's so bad. Those two I hate things. that so much. It was so bad, this this SmackDown. They overdid it horribly. Are they not doing it all, at all on Raw? They No, they did it again. They did it again this week on Raw during one segment. I don't remember what it was. And they did last week, too. So I, I guess they're trying it. I don't Just don't do it. No. I uh, We were watching it, and, and even Kirsten's bitching about it now, and I turned to her, and I'm like, well, fuck You'd think, you'd think if they were going to do this, they'd save it for their clips that are on YouTube. Yeah, exactly, because that's a very YouTube-like thing. Yes. It's not professional. 
it's it, it it's detrimental to the product. It's terrible. It definitely takes away from it. Next thing you know, the selfie videos in the backstage are gonna have like uh, 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 those Snapchat. The filters, yeah, yeah, they're gonna have the filters. <laughs> exactly. It's getting so horrible. <laughs> like I can't wait till they do that. Those selfie Only promos. America, folks. Yeah, those selfie promos too. It's like, what kind of professional um, entertainment company uses fucking cell phone cameras to record anything? They're a multi-billion-dollar company, and they're recording promos on 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 cell phones. It is so fucking amateur. I know they're trying to cut costs in places, but come on, there's better places than that. Right. God damn. Uh, next up was Matt Hardy defeating Bray Wyatt, the eater of pins, eight pins again. Pasty and I were surprised somewhat. I mean, you can't be too surprised when Bray Wyatt loses, but we both thought he was going to win this. Um, we we called it, though, Pasty. The beginning of the match was the best part of the match. Um, Hardy came to the ring. Lights went out. He disappeared from the ring, leaving only his jacket. And then he and started. Bray and Bray Wyatt. And then he started. Wyatt was trying to sneak on him. He was singing point. his his uh, theme music before he ended up attacking Wyatt from behind, which was really awesome. I loved that whole thing. Yes. Um, other thing of note was that fans were so bored during this they were doing the wave, bouncing a beach ball, chanting "We want beach balls" and chanting "Rusev Day." It hurt me deeply inside. Yeah, I Rus- would have been right there with them. But it hurt me deeply inside. Rusev ain't even on this brand, and they're fucking chanting for him. (laughs) Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt deserve so much more, though. They both do. It's not their fault. They're trying. It's not. Now, to be fair... I hope everybody who was in the crowd chanting tweeted them after the show, like, hey, no hard feelings. And to be fair, it, it... they don't have chemistry together, I don't think. They don't, they're not putting on good matches. But no. WWE should see that and say, we need to wrap this fucking thing up and move on. You know, it's just not clicking. We need to wrap it up, move on. The thing is, is they don't but, know where else to put Matt currently. Yeah, but they don't know where to put anybody right now. Everybody's in a seven-man fucking match. <laughs> just take one person out of that match, hook him up with Matt, take another person out, hook him up with Bray. Fucking accomplished. Oh, yeah, it's it's sad to watch. You said it. It's sad. I want to see see Ultimate Deletion happen and and it have, like, everybody who didn't make it to Mania. And I want to see Elias and Jeff Jarrett have a confrontation at the Hardy Compound. Right? Guitar to guitar. Oh, that'd be good. That would be great. They start having, uh, like, sword fighting, like, dueling guitars. But not, like, (laughs) dueling banjos. Like, they're actually dueling. And then Jeff Jarrett turns around and turns back and he's got fucking Roman candles strapped to the neck of his guitar. <laughs> yeah. And he just says one thing before they shoot off. Slap nuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, Next, we were uh, we were visited by Ronda Rousey for her contract signing. And the first thing Pasty and I both say is, why the fuck are there four microphones out there? Well, because they had to get Kurt Angle, Stephanie McMahon, Triple H all out there for Ronda Rousey. Um, Ronda thanked Piper and his family, and she says she doesn't want special treatment. It uh, was the worst 
fucking promo I'd ever heard. She was terrible. Like, they wanted her to sound timid and, like, modest, and it wasn't working. It was a bad promo, but Roman Reigns has done worse promos than her. (laughs) I mean, it wasn't the worst I've heard, but it was bad. For somebody who's never been a pro wrestler and this being her first promo, it could have been way worse. But, no, it wasn't good. They shouldn't have had her talk as much as she did. Um, Can I I highlight something else they did? Not on the pay-per-view, but on, on Raw that was terrible. Sure, rock on. They made her come out in a fuck ton of makeup. You don't do that to Ronda Rousey. Oh, holy shit, the makeup. Yeah. It's WWE, man. They gotta cake that shit on. They just don't do it next week. Pretend this never happened because I I'm not I'm not I'm not down with it. If you're gonna ruin Ronda, I'm not I'm not gonna give a fuck. Yeah, she doesn't need that. She doesn't need that. She's herself. Yeah. And she's not a bad-looking gal at all. Mm-mm. At all. You know, no, she's... the makeup just it made her look weird. It made her... Ugh. It wasn't natural. I don't like it. And it's kind of like the... Uh, kind of like the page when they gave her the thick lips with the lipstick that just looked off. Yeah. And now... And now... You couldn't tell on... Uh, you couldn't tell on Monday because she didn't... She only walked out to the top of the ramp and went back. But she posted a picture backstage, and her uh, her cover-up on her tattoos on her hands look looks really wonky. It looks like one section of her hands is extremely wrinkled. <laughs> it's like just a... Just a put, like, fake skin over it. Yeah, it yeah. They, they latexed it up, and... Um, <laughs> if, if the picture isn't already on, on beefsticks.com, or facebook.com forward slash beefsticks, it will be. Seriously, she should just put on fingerless gloves. She should. She should just wear gloves. And it works with her character. Right. She's she's black and leather. Fucking do it. Um, Yeah, and you know what, Rhonda? That was the even... first thing we noticed at their entrance, by the way. Well, I... Holy shit, she's not wearing gloves. <laughs> right. And if Rhonda doesn't want special treatment, she isn't going to get her way because they're going to give her special treatment. She's got a WrestleMania match and she just came in. Yeah. So right. you're getting it. Um, something that was awesome that I, I was in the middle of talking to kids and I didn't catch it, but when I rewatched, um, when I went back to do some timing that I'll get to later, um, I had to go back and listen to it and, uh, and then, and then they ended up replaying it on raw anyways. So I didn't even have to go back and listen to it. But if anybody didn't hear it, whether on the pay-per-view or on raw, we'll tell you Kurt Angle interrupted Triple H talking and he said, Hey, Triple H, didn't you say three years in the making? But tonight we finally own the bitch. <laughs> I couldn't believe they replayed that on Raw. <laughs> I love that so much. I love that so much. And you can great. tell, like, you can tell it was scripted because Triple H starts interrupting him. But he starts interrupting him just a little too late. Or Kurt Angle just accidentally says the whole thing, you know? <laughs> like, if it was real, it would have took Triple H a second to... To, well, obviously it's fake because they're setting up this whole, you know, thing. Right. He didn't say finally we own the bitch, but I thought that was cool. I thought that was uh, something a little different, and um, it's just a shame that they ended up throwing that all away the next day. But that we'll get onto that maybe. And then um, Ronda Rousey ended up hitting a belly to belly suplex on Triple H through the through uh, not the announce table but the uh, uh, contract signing table, which was cool. But then. Uh, uh, Stephanie McMahon confronts her and just 
slapped her hair. It didn't look like a great slap. Stephanie doesn't hold back on most people, but when they right. replayed that slap, I was like, oh, that didn't... I mean, it probably didn't feel good, but I've seen worse. Some of it could be Rhonda turning her head too fast, too, you know what I mean? Could be. Could be her not being good at selling. And then the chance of you fucked up after she slapped Rousey. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, that's great. No more holy shit. I want more fucks in my pro wrestling chance. Yes. Fuck it. Um, then like, on... No more you suck. It's you fucking suck. <laughs> See, I actually, I, 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 I'm not one of those people. I don't want that because a lot of kids do go there. Be and fucking the kids... They don't need to hear that. Not to say they never do, and not to say that they've never heard it before or nothing, but they don't need to. There's no reason for us to say it to them. You know, when there's kids around, don't cuss. If you're at, like, a, if you're at an 18-plus, shit, go ahead and do it. But that's just me. I try to be respectful like that. On to the main event, pasty, the men's elimination, the first ever. I'm fucking this up, aren't I? The first ever seven-man men's elimination chamber to beat all fucking hell. Roman Reigns won against... Do you like how I said that better this time? The Miz, Rollins, Balor, Cena, Strowman, Elias, John, Paul, Ringo, (laughs) fucking Jesus Christ, a partridge, and a pear tree. Um, I left George Harrison out on purpose. He doesn't deserve it. Yeah, um, I would have definitely called you out here since Braun Strowman eliminated everybody but himself. Right? Not everybody, but a good chunk of the folk. Um, again, Ms. Seth and Balor started it out. John Cena came in next. Roman Reigns came in next. Braun Strowman came in next, and he eliminated the Miz. Elias was the last man out, and then Strowman eliminated Elias, Cena, Balor, and Rollins, all by power slamming each of the fuckers. Final two are Strowman and Reigns, with Roman winning the match after hitting Strowman with three Superman punches and two spears to become the number one contender against Lesnar for the Universal Championship at WrestleMania 34. And then afterwards, Strowman attacked Reigns, power slamming him multiple times before driving him through a chamber pod. So even though Lesnar, or uh, Lesnar, even though um, fucking, his name's right there. I'm reading it. I still can't say it right. Braun Strowman. Something's in my head wouldn't let me say his name. Fuck, I'm, I'm reading it and I can't say it. Even though Braun Strowman lost, he really didn't look weak at all. They did everything they could to keep him looking strong. Am I right? Yes. Yes, very much so. Which is good. That's good. Um... <laughs> Uh, oh shit, I don't even think I had that in the news. I don't. Uh, but that reminds me, I read that um, John Cena for three weeks was pushing to have the the, the end change, the match change to um, Strowman winning and going on to face Lesnar. And that he was pitching it so, all the time, like at least once a week, and even up to Three hours before the pay-per-view went on the air, Cena was going to Vince himself, asking him to change it and have Braun Strowman go over. Um, I think nobody would have been disappointed. Jesus. 
Jesus, he's so entitled that if he's not going to Mania, Reigns isn't either? Nope, fuck him! <laughs> fuck him! Let me have Reigns at Mania, bitch! You're not in the Golden Boy. Fuck him. <laughs> fuck him. So there was, there was a lot of cool shit to see here. Um, there were some things that kind of bothered me, too. Uh, Rollins ended up hitting a double blockbuster on both The Miz and Balor at the same time. That was pretty cool. Cena nailed The Miz and Rollins with a double five-knuckle shuffle or a ten-knuckle shuffle. I don't know what, how you want to word it, but he shuffled their knuckles. Strowman threw The Miz off a pod. Yeah, right? Yeah, it was basically a Dutch runner. Uh, Strowman threw The Miz off the pod. Lucky for him, everybody else was there to catch him. But it happened. Funny how things like that happen. Reigns, Rollins, Finn, and Cena at one point each performed their finishers on Braun and then quadruple powerbombed him or shield-bombed him, as, uh, what was it, Michael Cole said? Uh, yeah. That was pretty cool, to be honest. That's I really... Adding Finn Balor and John Cena to the shield. Right. New members, folks. I really didn't think they were going to get him up. I thought that, that he was going to fight out, but they actually did it. That was kind of cool. And then I was worried they were going to pin him right there, all four of them. Because they all four then jumped on him to pin him, but he kicked out. Uh, Balor hit a coup de gras to the back of Strowman's head that looked pretty cool. Yeah. Rollins hit a pretty shitty looking frog splash off the top of a pod. I've seen better. But yeah. I, don't, I don't want the guy to kill himself. Strowman, of course, crashed through a pod. We all knew it was going to happen, but it happened much later than I expected. <laughs> and, uh, again, record setting here. Strowman eliminated five wrestlers. The former highest elimination scored, whoo, frog in my throat, by WWE superstars in a single elimination chamber was a three-way tie between Goldberg, Carlito, and The Undertaker, who all scored three eliminations each Goldberg in 2003, Carlito in 2006, and Undertaker in 2008. Now, something that really... Another first time in history, folks. Man, they're, they're packing them all in. Between last year and this year, they're not going to have any more firsts to fucking be had. Um, one thing I did not like is they basically waited until everybody but Elias was out of the pods before they even tried to pin anybody and there was at least three times that all the competitors were down on the ground except for one and nobody ever tried to pin anybody that takes a lot away from it i feel false yeah, finishes i agree with you i was entertained that. in the moment but looking back it, it could have been more entertaining i i do have to be inclined to agree with you as well that the women's elimination chamber match was better but this, I mean, this was good. It was yeah, good for what it, it was. was. the best we've seen by far. No, but it had... It the worst we've seen by It far. may be one of the, the most star-studded we'd seen, and that's with or without the fucking seven men. I mean, if you eliminate Elias Sampson, I mean, these are all main event guys. Maybe not The Miz, but I think we all love The Miz. Elias will be a main event guy. I think he will. At the end of 2018, he'll be coming into his own just <clears throat> fine. And the Miz never will, sadly. Right. Not that he doesn't yeah. deserve it. He's only not getting it because it's good for his character. I, that, that could be. Still. And then, um, 
Oh yeah, yeah. There was one point too. I, I I forgot about that till just now. I didn't write that down. There's one point where um, Elias Sampson tried to shove his head all the way up Braun Strowman's ass. Like he just <laughs> just went right up in there. <sighs> didn't work though. He's gonna take over him like a mech suit. He was he was trying to mech out on him. He could probably fit inside him. <laughs> But yeah, no, what he was, I mean, I guess what he was trying to do was get him up on his shoulders, but why you would try to get Braun Strowman up on your shoulders is beyond me. And he's just sitting there with his fucking head. Watch your knees break in backwards. Exactly. It's like, he's, he's just sitting there with his head fucking inside Braun's crotch, just wiggling around. I was like, oh my God, he's just shoving his head up his ass. I should actually, I should go back and get a still from that. And we have captioned this sort of fucking thing. Oh, and pasty, the Elimination Chamber brings us to our beef of the week. Yes. Uh, it bothered me at the time, and I just thought maybe because the pay-per-view was running long and because um, there was some filler in there and this and that, I thought, well, maybe, maybe, maybe the introductions aren't as long as it seems. I'm just really tired. We were both really tired at that point. We were both ready yeah, for bed. Yeah, I had to be up at 4th. 30 in the morning so i wasn't very enthused that it went over at all no but i went back i even told i think i told you that i was gonna go back and time on pasty yeah um and i did i went back and i timed the men's elimination chamber introductions now take in mind that elias did come out first and uh sing a song before he went into his chamber now this time is going to be from the moment um the announcer said Elias Sampson to the moment that the bell rang to start the match. Total time was 16 minutes, 56 seconds, basically 17 minutes of intros. This isn't even fucking one of the big four, let alone WrestleMania pasty. Right. No, in an elimination chamber match, it should just be everybody's in their spots. The announcer announces the names and it goes. So then you might say, well, there was... That could have been that much longer. Oh, shit, yeah. Or they could have ended the fucking show that much sooner. Because I did go back and and checked. It went uh, three hours and 22 minutes. So it went 22 minutes over. They easily could have cut a good chunk of that out. Um, And been close to the three-hour mark. Now, you might be saying, well, listen, Fat Mac. Listen, Pasty. There's seven people in there. They could have just spit the names out and it would have been damn near 17 minutes. Well, let's compare. I timed the women's entrance and that went eight minutes even. Less than half of the time. Well, now you say, well, Fat Mac, there was only six women. (laughs) And Elias sang during his intro. So I went through and checked. Elias's segment alone from the time she announced Elias' name till the time they announced the next name, was 5 minutes and 16 seconds. So, let's assume that there was only 6 regular entrances. It still went 11 minutes and 40 seconds, which is a good 2.5 plus minutes more than the women's entrances. Now, keep in mind that the signing of Ronda Rousey, who is an A-list celebrity and athlete and is a huge story going into WrestleMania. 
the whole segment of her signing of of um, Kurt Angle dropping the bitch word, Triple H getting suplexed to a table, Stephanie slapping her and her leaving from the moment Ronda's music hit to the moment that they cut to a commercial lasted 16 minutes and 34 seconds. So the entire Ronda Rousey signing was less time than the introduction for the fucking men's elimination chamber. It's fucking ridiculous. We don't care about entrances the way you think we do, unless it's Bobby Roode or Shinsuke Nakamura. And even then, if you gave me fucking 17 minutes of either one of those, I'd turn the channel. (laughs) Just wait for Mania, my friend. And yeah, we all know Mania, they go long. And some of them are just so fucking extra long and stupid. And then, you know, we were talking pasty about... Did you time uh, out the men's elimination chamber match from start to finish? I did not. I want to say the intros were well over half the length of the match. Uh, it would almost have to be, huh? Because I can't imagine the match went... I think the match was... I think. No, I'm thinking of a different match. I think it's probably roughly 20 minutes. I'll go. I, I can go back in time at some time, but it's got to be roughly 20 minutes. So it would be if you include that. Yeah, that's got to be close to almost half the time just in that. Yeah. Ridiculous. And, and every three minutes, the chamber's open, right? <clears throat> I don't know what the three intervals are. I don't know what the intervals are in in elimination chamber. I know this year's Royal Rumble, they did 90 seconds, which helped make it go by fast. I hope forevermore they always do 90 seconds as opposed to the two minutes. I like 90 seconds better than two minutes. Um, And then just talking about entrances, Pasty, we were talking about Dolph Ziggler's. Did you notice Dolph Ziggler's entrance music this week? Or, well, Um, it would have been his exit music because he was leaving, but when when this music hit... Yep, it record scratch, and then went to his song. <laughs> How stupid is that? It's like completely backwards. <laughs> it's like it went from silence to record scratching to it's playing his music. No, it's a horrible sound It's fucking yeah. weird. I just busted out laughing when that happened. They did the screech, and then I was like, "Oh, Pasty's right. They're just doing the screech without any music." And then his music hit, and I was like, well, then what's the point of the fucking record scratch? Music doesn't even hit, like, right after the record scratch. There's no. still, like, a good second and a half of silence before the music kicks in. It doesn't even it make doesn't sense. It doesn't make any sense. I hate it so much. It doesn't make sense. And I guess sense. that would be a good secondary beef of the week. Yeah, easily, easily. Just shitty introductions in general is our beef of the week right now. Whether you're too horribly fucking wrong or they just don't make any goddamn sense. Mm. And I guess I gotta make it known to the people that Fat Mac and I were neck and neck throughout the entire pay-per-view and it came down to the wire and Braun Strowman eliminated Seth Rollins and I lost by By half a point. Only by half a point. Yeah, I actually forgot about that. I didn't even write in our predictions in here. I forgot about that. Yeah. It was difficult on this one, though, because we we pretty much, we agreed on everything. So, it's... Yeah, it's... It was... 
make sure, folks, that you are going to Facebook and joining the Cloud Style Insiders group because there soon we will have a poll of the horrible punishment the loser of this year's pay-per-views has to endure. <laughs> It'll be fun. We'll leave it up to the fans. We'll come up with like five or six of the worst things we can think of and we'll leave it up to the people. Right. It's always good to leave it up to people because they want to see the worst things happen to you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially random people. They might hate the show, you know? They might. Tie them down on a train track. <laughs> <laughs> That'll embarrass the shit out of me. Right? Just just have Billy Jack Haynes bring him to a train track. <laughs> oh, Billy Jack will know what to do with him. Saying his first rodeo. If you don't know what we're laughing about, folks, go check last week's episode. Um, Solved Mysteries. So we got a little bit of time here, Pacey. We're a little behind, but not too much. We can just hit some uh, highlights of Raw and SmackDown. Is there anything talking about Raw? Kind of got the itinerary there in front of you. Anything you really want to jump at? or? Uh... Uh, let's just go at your pace. If I think of anything that I need to say, I'll say it. Well, we opened Raw with Alexa Bliss and Mickey James. And then Asuka came out, hit the ring... Nia Jax then came down, and Nia Jax, Mickey James, and Alexa Bliss began to gang up on the Empress of Tomorrow. That brought out Bailey and Sasha Banks, who made the save, but the pair and Asuka ended up getting laid out. It pissed me off that Bailey and Banks came out like friends again. Like that was really awkward, wasn't it? Duck. Like they didn't even bring up the fact that Sasha kicked her in the face. You no. know. And yes. Like we said, it was every woman for themselves, but the time she did it wasn't at a time that helped her in the match. It was basically her just attacking Bailey. And I do have a big gripe about this episode of Raw, especially when in, compared to last week's episode of Raw, where we had two hours of solid wrestling. They definitely made up for it by making this show mostly promos. Very talk-heavy. Very, very talk-heavy. <laughs> it was noticeably different. <laughs> yeah. So with all these women here, of course, Angle came out and made a match between the two groups of ladies. And that was where Asuka, Bailey, and Sasha defeated Bliss, Jax, and James, which makes sense because beforehand the heels were on top. So, of course, you let the baby faces get one up in the actual match. I do want to say I think it was awesome to see the women get an opening promo. And even better that it was Little Miss Bliss herself because she can fucking talk. Yeah. The women don't get an opening promo often. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Stephanie always gets an opening promo, but she don't fucking count. She's some kind of succubus demon. Um, And also, I don't know where they're planning on going with this, because both Jax and James seem to be on-again, off-again BFFs with Bliss. But to be honest, I would love a faction of Alexa Bliss, Nia Jax, and Mickey James. I think that would be a badass stable. BJs. The BJs. The Bliss Sisters. Blisters? The Blisters. Yeah. The Fisters. Wait, what? (laughs) I I just, I love them. I think those three are super talented. You got Jax as the Beast. You got James as the extremely talented veteran. And you got Bliss, the up-and-coming Spitfire, who's kind of the manipulator of them all. 
I mean, it's a classic. Yeah, it's it's a classic pairing. I like it. They just keep doing kind of the flipping of the switch of Jax and James. Because even in Elimination Chamber, they backstage, they interviewed Mickey James. And were like, what about, you know, Alexa Bliss, the way she's cuddling up to you? And Mickey James is like, don't think I don't see a wolf in sheep's clothing. I know her game. And then she was out there standing beside Bliss on Monday, just like, yay. And they did the same thing with Nia Jax a while. They've done it a few times with Nia Jax now. It's like, don't know what's going on, man. But I do like that group. Uh, Cena came out. He did a promo, believe it or not. Like you said, a lot of talking. Uh-huh. Um, John said his failure has made him the man he is. He decided to call out The Undertaker, as we talked about earlier, and announced he is moving to SmackDown, as we talked about earlier. Um, not much of merit, but with uh, everything that's going on and with what's going on in SmackDown, I figured we had to talk about it. Um, not going to talk about the next match, but then we had kind of a weird thing go on. Match three and four of the night. Kind of lumping them together. We had Seth Rollins defeating The Miz, and then we had Finn Balor defeating The Miz. Yeah. So obviously there was a match, Seth Rollins versus The Miz. Then Kurt Angle came out after the Rollins match and announced that Miz had to face Balor also. Uh, Just seems really an awkward thing to do to the heel. Like you're making the heel fight from underneath against two faces. Um, I mean, it does seem like they're setting up the Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Miz three-way, possibly. But this just didn't make any sense to me. It was just weird. Was this was pretty weird? This was on um, Hulu. Yeah, yeah. The promo beforehand with uh, Miz tell- going to to Kurt and bitching that he doesn't have a WrestleMania match, and he said, "Well, yeah. your match tonight might determine who you're facing at WrestleMania." Right. You know what? You know what? I, I thought Miz missed out on a classic opportunity because he's standing in the ring after that, and he was like, he was like, Angle says that. My next person might determine who's going to WrestleMania. And they might do this and I might do that. And then he's like, well, let's just see who my opponent is. And I was like, oh my God, he really should have said, let's see who this opponent might be. I was like, damn it, you missed out on that, Miz. Come on, you're better than that. Because I was saying it in my head as he was saying it. I was like, oh right. shit. That was a perfect, perfect setup, man. Um, after that, we had another fucking in-ring promo by Roman Reigns. He cut the work shoot we were talking about earlier. Um, not much more to say about it. We basically talked about it already, right, Pasty? Yes, yes, yes. Anything else you wanted to touch on that or that we left out? Not really. I think we we said it all. And then the main event was Braun Strowman defeating Elias by DQ when Elias sprayed Braun. In the face with a fire extinguisher, leading to a disqualification, but then getting his ass kicked afterwards. Yeah, I know. Kurt Angle's <laughs> got to keep that one in his memory. Like, oh, <laughs> the man's handled everything else ever thrown at him, but he gets fucking sprayed in the face with a fire extinguisher, and he's down. It's his kryptonite. You're right. That's that's all they need to keep him in check is just keep a fucking fire extinguisher in hand. Braun starts. Yep, Braun starts running amok. Just Kurt walks up. Braun, Braun! Like when you spray a cat in the face, like when it's not behaving. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
totally <laughs> playing the bronze age turn too. That good. Have that great comic. Oh, role. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> no, bad Bron, bad, shh, shh, bad Bron. <laughs> Fucking rubbing his face in it and shit. That's yeah, a bad Bron. Gets pissed and, and slowly walks up to Kurt's desk and looks at a cup on the desk and <laughs> yep. it off the desk. Right. <laughs> I want to see. I want to see Braun. I want to see Braun bust a fucking announce table, and Kurt comes down and rubs his face in it. It's a bad Braun. It's a bad Braun. <laughs> oh man, I could just see him batting that cup. <laughs> like is that he go Braun? Oh man, that needs to happen. Book that shit. If you're gonna go goofy, fucking just do it. Ooh, I'm getting hot over here. Wow. Uh, this I is love good. it so this much. This is good. Very good. <laughs> oh, SmackDown, pasty. Brings us to SmackDown. Yes. Uh, so they started out with an in-ring promo, and hey, imagine this. Less than three months into 2018, pasty, and we already have talent in major in-ring promos on both Raw and SmackDown on the same week. Rest in peace, brand split. We hardly knew thee. Well, John Cena is a free agent. Yeah, it's so stupid. So, Cena didn't get his way on Raw. Now, he, like you said, he's, he's playing that entitled whiny little fucking bitch. Now he wants to be in the Fatal Five-Way at Fastlane. Shane comes out and says no. But then Daniel Bryan comes out and says, yeah, sure. Now, he said if he could beat AJ in a non-title match, then he'd get to be in the Fastlane main event. Because they just figured there wasn't enough people in it. There was only five people in it. And then turns around and asks if he can have the rest of the night off to and just, see his wife and daughter. Yeah, how how stupid. Like, that was a really weird thing they threw in, and they never followed up on it. Well, there was no point to like, it. Like, the rest of the night, they never gave us a reason. It was just a really awkward, like, was he shooting? Like, was he really just like, dude, I just want to go home. I know this is going to be a We're shit show. <laughs> if I do it on air, you can't, you got to fucking follow through on it. <laughs> I'm going to try that at work sometime. Yeah, just be like, I just want to go home, see my wife and kids. All right, get out of here, buddy. <laughs> like, I kept waiting for that to come up later on in the show. Like, for him to return and do something or something. But no, no, nothing. Never again. Nothing at all. Really weird. Um, SmackDown wasn't much of note either. Obviously less talking, but... Not much. Um, second to the last match of the night, we had Nakamura defeat Aiden English. Again, not Which a great... not what the people wanted to see, but you can't have Nakamura getting over with Rusev in the ring. No, no. And, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, this wasn't a great match, but I did want to point out, Aiden English gets a match, but Rusev does not get a match. And that it takes does. me back to when Shane McMahon said he gives the fans what they want, and the fans chanted Rusev. Why not is, give Rusev a match? Nakamura to be the guy getting over the, the fans aren't nearly as behind Aiden English as they are Rusev. Rusev it doesn't have to rich, be Rusev versus Nakamura. Yeah, it could Nakamura. be Rusev versus anybody. It should be Rusev versus Nakamura. But it can't be because of the fans. But it could be, I mean, any, anywhere on this match, he could have, on this card, it could have been Rusev versus Baron Corbin. It could have been Rusev versus Sami Zayn. could have been Rusev versus John Cena. Could have been Rusev versus AJ Styles. Could have been Rusev versus Aiden English. It could have. I went back and checked. I went and checked. His last match on SmackDown 
was on the 6th of February, almost a month ago, in a losing effort to Bobby Roode uh, for the U.S. title. I didn't go much farther to see what it was after that, but it's just, I think it's great, because that was probably, I think that was the episode before Shane McMahon said, we give the fans what they want, and they're like, Rusev Day, Rusev Day, and he's like, duly noted, we haven't seen him fucking since. He's not. He wasn't. He's. He's not on pay per views. He's day, not. The following day, WWE <laughs> issues a future endeavors to. Rusev. It's stupid. Uh, then we had the main event: John Cena versus AJ Styles. John Cena won in this non-title match. This was a really good match. Um, they they've both had better matches, but I think we all knew it was going to be a good match. But it was a really really good match. Um, Cena busted out his TKO that he's been easing into his repertoire, and I really enjoy that. I like that move, and Cena seems to do it all right. I like it better than the uh, springboard stunner. If you're going to do a stunner, stick to the TKO. He does it better than the springboard stunner. So Yeah. If you're going to do a stunner, do that one. Um, Things like the, the, uh, the springboard stunner and Dean Ambrose's uh, rope bounce. Or the rope flip, whatever. Where yeah, yeah, his, his like ricochet rebound or whatever. Yeah, not be used nearly as often as it is. It, it no. definitely lost its touch fast. It did. It, it, it's overkill when he does it every match, sometimes multiple times a match. Right. Um, and and it's and it makes his opponents look horrible because it, it's so. I mean, he 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 telegraphs it so easily. Like you should see that coming. There's no way you should get hit by it. You should see it coming. Gonna do the Canadian destroyer in a while, though. That's true. Um, we had a segment where Cena was kicking out of. We had a segment where Cena was kicking out of Styles Clash. Styles was kicking out of Attitude Adjustment. Cena smashed Styles through the announce table with an Attitude Adjustment. This was kind of. uh, This was another big point on the topic you talked about, Pasty, about the closest thing we may see to a heel turn. Because AJ had Styles out um, ringside, completely out. And the ref was counting. And AJ ended up, I think the ref got to like six. And AJ grabbed the ref's hand. And then AJ rolled out of the ring. And he's like, no, I'm going to pin him. One, two, three. And then he's talking to the ref. And Cena gets up. He AAs him through the announce table. What does Cena do? Roll in the fucking ring, and the ref ended up getting the nine and a half before AJ ran in and got into the ring. So AJ was willing to take the count out victory. Or I mean, uh, sorry, Cena was willing to take the count out victory when AJ was actually wanted to beat Cena. And AJ is the only one that had something to lose in this situation, you know? Right. So, like you said, that's that's just those little hints of like that's a heel move that AJ did or fucking Cena did. Somebody did it. Um, <laughs> one one thing of uh, a negative note: there were two false finishes that happened during the commercial break. Kind of hurts the dramatic nature of each of those. You shouldn't have false finishes on commercial breaks. The fans in ring or the fans there know it's not going to beat them. And it doesn't do anything for us at home, so just don't do them. When you replay and show us a close pin, it means nothing to us. There's no drama because we knew it didn't. We know the match is still on. Stupid. 
Um, and then at the end, Kevin Owens, Baron Corbin, and Sami Zayn beat down Cena and Styles. Dolph Ziggler came out, made the save, and then he attacked Styles. Then Cena hit Ziggler with an attitude adjustment. That just goes to show that WWE still has no fucking idea what they're doing with anybody. And that was when Dolph Ziggler's music did the record scratch and then played the music. I'm here to show the world. Show them what we don't fucking know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, another complaint I have, and this is stupid, but I think people might agree with me here, is uh, AJ Styles. Is this hair getting too long? Hmm. I think so. Mm-hmm. Only time it's will just, tell. It's just weird. It's, it's always been weird with him doing the dry hair thing, but if I saw him do wet hair now, I'd be like, well, that's <laughs> fucking weird. Right. So, but, I don't know, I feel like it's getting too long. And you know one. Go ahead. Cut it off and donate it to Randy Orton. Baron Corbin. Hey. <laughs> Baron Corbin. When uh, when Kevin Owens. Oh, I think I have. Do I have that up here? When Kevin Owens was doing uh. When Kevin Owens was doing commentary, during the Sami Zayn match. Yeah. <laughs> one one line he said, "Hey Corbin, if you're looking for your hairline, it's on top of your head." <laughs> I thought that was awesome. Dude, and, uh, Baron Corbin and AJ Styles should have a hair versus hair match, and Corbin wins and <laughs> shaves his head and then sticks it on top of his head. Right? Finally, I am complete! I can see Vince loving that. One thing I thought of when I was watching this also, because the first thing I thought of when it was Nakamura versus Aiden English was like, why the fuck? So then I thought to myself, you know, Rusev needs to get away from Aiden English. And I was like, what the fuck is Aiden English going to do? What if Aiden English... Joined the fucking uh, fashion police, and it's like a three-man detective team. I'd like that because he'd be like he'd be like your uh, goddamn it, uh, 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 Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, yeah. Great Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> I mean, it's he's not doing anything now other than being Rusev's bitch. Right. I mean, when he's out, people chant Rusev Day. He's. I mean, he's not getting over. So, well, I don't know because when you Rusev Day to me, and I, I have a feeling a lot of people see eye to eye. Rusev Day is the group of Rusev and Aiden English. Correct. Rusev Day is the group, but when people chant for Rusev Day, they're only chanting for Rusev. Nobody, nobody's chanting to see Aiden English come out. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm not. I know that. I could give a shit less if Aiden's there or not. I give a shit less if he's English. I want to see Aiden English and Elias cross paths as well. Right? They could have a little sing-off thing going. Elias is better. By far. Strowman's even better yet. Yes, he is. <laughs> Surprisingly. Uh, well, holy shit, folks. Looks like we can actually end on time for once. We started on time. We're ending on time. It's a rarity in this world, in this in this beef stick world. So, with that being said, hope everybody enjoys their week. Thank you for listening to us. Hope you tune in next week. As always, I'm Fat Mac. I'm Pasty White. I love you and like a lovesick more. puppy. And once more, make sure to hit up Facebook. 
join that Facebook group, Cloud Style Insiders. A place for fans to meet fans and you to interact with and control the content you are receiving. Because we do this all for you, folks. And with it's that, all it for is, you. It is closing time. One more call for alcohol. So finish your whiskey or beer. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs>